This podcast is brought to you by Nasso, a contemporary fashion brand that creates minimalist African-inspired clothing and invests in the future of Africa. Find out more at shopnasso.com and follow Nasso on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at shopnasso. I'm your host, Uya Morgbe, and welcome to the Native Podcast. If you're really passionate about it, if you're, if you're, your end goal, like your end goal should always be in, in, in line. Every decision that you make, every action that you take, like, you should, you should know that some, somehow, some way it's going to affect, you know, what you want. Our guest today is Chemezi Metu, power forward for the San Antonio Spurs. In this episode, we'll be talking about Chemezi's heritage, his journey to the NBA and Team Nigeria, the legacy he wants to leave, and his interest in giving back to Nigeria. We are here with Chemezi Metu, uh, power forward for the San Antonio Spurs. Chemezi, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, so first off, I just want to kind of dive right in and learn a little bit more about you, right? So tell us a little bit more about your journey. You were born in Los Angeles, right? Then you lived in Nigeria for a little bit. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I was born I was born in, L- in, uh, in L.A., uh, Harvard City to be exact. And uh, yeah, when I was like six or six or seven, I moved, I moved back to Nigeria. Uh, with my with my brother and my sister and my dad and I lived there for like six years I was kind of like back and forth so I would always like come I would come back to uh go back to LA in the summertime when school was out and then go back to Nigeria uh like during the school year and I did that for like uh six years until I was like 12 yeah so you can speak where where are you from specifically in Nigeria uh, my family's from uh, Anambra State. Oh, okay, okay. So you can speak the native the native language there. I'm assuming. I can, a, a little bit, a little bit, but I, I I can understand it better than I can speak it for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I get you 100. percent I'm the same exact way. Uh, my family's yeah. from Edo State, so we speak yeah. uh, we speak Edo there. But um, so great. So okay, so you're born in LA, then you go back to Nigeria for for six years. You know, you, you keep going back and forth. When does basketball really you know enter the equation for you? Because I know that if you're going, if you're living in Nigeria for six years. The main sport you're going to be exposed to is soccer, right? So how is it that, how is it that like when did basketball really start playing a role? Is it just because you're you know you're a big guy or six nine? Did it just make sense or? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, when I was when I was growing up in Nigeria, I would always like, I would I would kind of play both at the same time. So like I just play soccer one day, next day maybe basketball. You just kind of just out there having fun, and then when I finally came back to uh, to LA. Um, in, in, in middle school, then that's when that was my first time playing organized basketball, like on mm. the team and like with the coach and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it started getting serious when in sixth grade. Sixth grade started getting yeah. serious. Yeah, that's when okay. So you started playing. So you started playing in middle school. Sixth grade, you played for your first organized team, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, I'm kind of good at this. Was it, you know, like two, three years after playing basketball? Was it like, oh, my dream is to, you know, be, be in the NBA, or is it more like? Oh, like I kind of like this. I'm doing this for fun. Like, what did it sort of start getting very, very serious for you? Was it when you, when you went to college, or? Uh, I started work when I when I started working out. That's when that's when I say it. Like, I was like, all right, if I'm gonna work out and like spend my time working out, then I just gotta attack it full on. And um, mm-hmm. I started working out like in the seventh grade. My coach, my coach in middle school, kind of just set me up with. Uh, some guy that he like another basketball coach that he knew just to kind of train me and stuff and 
mm-hmm. that's when you know I started like really putting the time and effort into it and then after that then it just be kind of came like my main thing that I was that I was uh like focused on doing mm, that's interesting yeah. and so another question I wanted to bring up because you know um I'm also Nigerian both my parents are are from Nigeria so I'm thinking to myself you know I played soccer too I played soccer collegiately yeah and I saw, I saw some of your highlights oh you saw some of the highlights yeah, I was looking on your page man you're pretty, you're pretty nice <laughs> <laughs> thanks bro thanks means a lot but um, yeah, I I um, I was thinking to myself, you know, during your journey of becoming and pursuing basketball, I mean, the traditional African parents going to be telling you, you know, hey, yeah. doctor, lawyer, engineer, focus a lot yeah. on academics. How did <laughs> yeah. you kind of how did you kind of balance that? Was it like were your parents supportive about that, or were they more so? Like, how, how did you balance that? Man, my parents are like I, I wouldn't even. They're like not the traditional African parent like stereotype. I feel like they kind of like break apart from that because. Like, my dad was, obviously, but they both were, but my dad was just kind of like, they were just like, my mom's always with whatever, but my dad, he was just like, I mean, this is what you're going to do. You just get, you got to, you got to put all your, put all your effort in and, and really focus on it. And, uh, I mean, still to this day, he's, he's, he doesn't know anything about basketball. I mean, he's learned over time, but like, he's still probably one of the most supportive people that I have in my corner. Um, wow. And I, but I mean, it also kind of like you said, the academic part of it, like I still had to get the grades and do well in, in class and stuff. So that was just it just kind of came like as an added bonus. Wow. OK, that's incredible. OK, so I just want to make sure I'm understanding this journey now. So you come you're born in L.A., then you yeah. start moving in between Nigeria. You come back to L.A., you start playing basketball. Right. And then all of a sudden you're starting to get college looks. Right. Then you end up going yeah. to USC. Mm-hmm. So that was probably a big step for you, you know, finally, okay, I'm, I'm going to school, I'm, I'm, you know, have a scholarship to go play basketball now. Yeah. So in that moment, when you go to USC, were you like, okay, this is a stepping stone, next up is MBA, was it like, oh, I'm just trying to maximize and get this education? Like, what were your goals? Because I feel like there's a lot of young athletes out there that some of them, I feel like some of them would like to hear, you know, or people that's just, that are aspiring to reach their dreams in general, like, what was your mindset going into, you know, college? What was your mindset? When you were in high school, what was your mindset when you were in middle school? Was it something that you really dedicated your life to? Um, yes, just because, like I said, like I was putting so much time into it. Like I, I kind of, I'm somebody. If I'm, if I'm putting my time and effort into it, I gotta like there has to be something that shows for it. So like mm-hmm. when I got when I got to SC, it was just more like just I'm just gonna keep getting better, and whatever happens, happens. Obviously, I got mm-hmm. the free education and whatnot, but always in my mind, the NBA. If the NBA was there, I was gonna, I was gonna do it. And obviously the chance came and I took it and now I'm here just trying to get better. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, so you get dropped to the NBA, which I'm sure was a life-changing experience getting dropped. I mean, that's probably, that's an incredible, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's an incredible experience hearing your name called, getting the call. Uh, that's, that's an incredible experience. Okay, so how was that transition from college into the NBA? I'm sure it was a big jump. Was it a big jump in, in level? Was it a big jump in intensity? Like, what was that transition like? Uh, it, it, it obviously is a big jump. I just say, like, the, the guys are just a lot stronger um, mm-hmm. and more, more focused in on doing one thing, which, like, doing their job. Obviously, people have to provide for – people have families and kids and stuff now. So, mm-hmm. like, people are just trying to provide for their families, and they're really focused on doing what they have to do in order to, you know, keep getting, keep getting, those, uh, keep getting those paychecks coming in. So, I mean mm-hmm. – it, it's 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 definitely more of a man's game, um, but all in all, it's still basketball at the end of the day. Yeah.
100%. Okay, so I want to I wanna learn more about, I mean, I see you wearing the, the Nigerian basketball shirt right now. I want to yeah. know more about your decision to play for Nigeria, right? Because obviously you kind of have like this dual, like myself, you're like, you're American, but you're also Nigerian. So you have these two different, different sides. Was it a no-brainer for you to go to Nigeria? Like, what was your thought process yeah. behind that? Yeah, yeah, it was a no-brainer. I the thought even playing for the USA team never even crossed my mind. I, I mean, <laughs> they have so many, they have so many good players. But I also like Nigeria has a bunch of good players too, and I think, um, and so many good players that have come before me that it was just kind of like they kind of paved the way. For, they're paving the way, and they have paved the way for the younger generation to just kind of step in and just if we if we can get more Nigerian uh, players. Um, to kind of just follow that path, then, I mean, Nigeria is going to be one of the top five, top ten countries when it comes to basketball. And, you know, we're just trying to, we're just trying to get, I think collectively, we're just trying to get people to understand that. And we have so many, we have so many good players. And if uh, we could just get just, even if it was just five more to just yeah, you know, kind of get on board and get on the train, obviously it's a, it's a bumpy road. Obviously, when you're discussing, when you're talking about Nigeria in general, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think we're. I'm just trying to do what the people before me did, which was just pave the way for the next people to yeah. come in and, and just and just uh, keep going. Because I think, like I said, we have we have so many good players and so many uh, talented talented players that it's just it would be an, it it, it would have been dumb for me not to not to play for Nigeria. Yeah, 100. I love that. I love that. Um... And so I know that you guys probably are probably a little bit bummed. How is the team reacting to this whole COVID nineteen thing? You know, really pushing back the Olympics for you guys. Is that has that been a tough experience thus far? Or are you guys pretty indifferent about it and just still looking to perform well at that tournament? They had to do what they had to do because I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, it's more about everybody being safe. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I was bummed. I'm not gonna lie because I was looking forward to to mm -hmm. playing in the Olympics. Because um, I've, I've always wanted to play in the Olympics. Just like yeah. I, always, I always watch and I see like the super young people, like 16, 17, like out there. Just, yeah. Uh, like winning medals and stuff. And I just always wanted to be a part of that. Um, and yeah, I finally got the chance and then this happened. So it's it, it fun. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, man. I think it's, I think they're going to push it back to next year, right? I mean, it'll, it'll, you'll yeah. get a chance. You'll get yeah. the chance, definitely. Um, so listen, I want to talk more about, you know, your Nigerian heritage, right? As we just touched mm -hmm. on. Um, so growing up, obviously, between Nigeria and America, did you have. Like, how often was Nigerian culture influencing your life, particularly when you were in L.A., when you were in college? Was it was it a lot? Like, did you feel like, because I know for me, for example, like, I'd go, I'd go to school and it'd be one experience, more so an American experience. And then I'd come back to, you know, I'd come back home and it's like, I feel like I'm in Nigeria. You know, there's jollof rice, there's fufu, jollof, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all this type of stuff, right? So did you feel like, aside from that, do you feel like your African uh, background and Nigerian heritage, do you think that really... Um, you know, influenced your upbringing and your morals and things like that, or? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, like, everything for me has always been about Nigeria. Like, even, like you said, it, it was, it did feel like that sometimes, like you're living in two different worlds, but mm -hmm. I never really, there's a large uh, Nigerian community in LA, so, like, all my, most of my friends and, you know, families out there and stuff, so, like, mm -hmm. everything was, it's, it was always Nigeria for me. Like, I, I never really had any I mean, I did, but I never really hung out with them outside of school. But, so, like, I, I, it was always just Nigeria for me. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, I, yeah, it, it did influence, you know, just my upbringing and everything. Because 
it was just getting a chance to just know where I was from and know who I was at an early age. When my mm -hmm. dad take me back to Nigeria was was uh, was huge. That's incredible. That's incredible. Do you feel like from when you were younger to where you are now that the world's view of Nigeria and the world's view of Africa has changed a lot? Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, dude, everybody wants to be wants to be some some from somewhere in Africa now. Yeah, it, exactly. It, I was just talking about this the other day with uh with like some of the other Nigerian uh, basketball players. We have a little group chat, and like everybody wants to be like I, we like. A couple of years ago, we were getting called names and stuff, and now everybody's exactly. and everybody's doing little DNA tests and stuff, and everybody wants to be from wants to have two percent Nigerian and this and that. Yeah, and, I mean, it's cool that people want to know where they're from and whatnot, but at the same time, it's just kind of like I mean, you guys are just literally just dogging us for, for yeah, I know. knowing where we're from and 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 having and having uh, something to fall back on. So it's cool to see people, but at the same time, it kind of gets annoying. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely see it as well. But it, what's interesting though is that, and from their perspective, I can sort of, sort of understand it, right? I remember when I was in, yeah. when I was in high school, I remember telling this one kid that, hey, I'm like, hey, man, you know, you, you know, you're Nigerian, right? Or not Nigerian, you know, you're from Africa, right? And he was, he was so offended that I see like, <laughs> he was so offended that I told him that he was extremely angry. He was like yelling, he's like, dude, like never say that again. And the reason why he thought that though is because sometimes in America the way that in the, historically the way that africa has been you know portrayed it's only been in a singular way right it's oh yeah. there's poverty look at this look at this but now you know as we've seen it over the past five six years so africa is now being rebranded right so now you're seeing you know you saw black panther you see you saw how the world yeah. just embraced black panther like it was yeah. like like crazy you see afrobeats music now jadena yes. you see yeah. you know uh burner boy all these people no matter where you go you're hearing that music blaring right and so yeah. that's, that's what we're doing too in the apparel space. Like I'm seeing all these big brands and thinking to myself, why is there no brand that's centered around African culture that pulls from the continent that's made in Africa for the world? I mean, the world's demanding this type of stuff. Why can't we do that? Right. So I think that's the reason why you're starting to see more people, you know, go back to Ghana, go, go to Nigeria now yeah. seeking that experience because suddenly Africa, which it's always been this place of rich culture. So suddenly, you know, they're not seeing it like that anymore. They're seeing yeah. it as the, you know, the really, really cool place where they want to be a part of. So um, I'm glad you didn't notice that, though, because there's been a transition, a yeah. cultural shift over the and I was, and, and people are realizing that there's there's a lot of money in Africa, too. So mm -hmm. obviously that drives a lot of people, uh, you know, finance, like getting financial gains and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's all good, though. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about, because uh, I know you're very passionate about um, about Nigeria, right? How often do you go back to Nigeria? Do you go back quite often, or? So last last uh, summer, with the with, when I was with the team, was my first time back in my in since I had moved back. Just because. Oh wow! Okay. You probably know, but uh, a lot of Nigerians usually go back home during the Christmas time. Yeah. And so, like my brother and really sister, yeah. So my brother and sister, my mom and dad would always go back, but I would have to, I'd be the lone shark out just because I, it, it was just in the middle of the season. Mm, okay, that's great. That's great. Um, so, like, the Nigerian basketball team has kind of been that bridge for you to finally go back yeah. to Nigeria more yes. often now, which yeah, is great. Right. Um, so, another question I did have is, you know, I've, I've had a couple of people on the show, and I always ask them this question, like, do you have a desire to go back to Nigeria and create change? And, like, sort of, I know you lived there for, like, yeah. six years on and off, and mm -hmm. obviously you've seen some hardships that have been experienced there. Have you ever had the desire, now that you know you've gained this platform, 
you're playing in, you know, the best basketball league in the world, quite frankly. And, you know, have you ever thought to yourself, oh, I want to go back and, you know, do something and change these communities and, and give back from a philanthropic standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where you got to, you have, you can't just dive into it just because it's, it's so like complex, you know, just dealing with, just dealing with the country in general. So mm -hmm. you got to kind of map out and, and when I'm ready, I just want to dive like head first into it and really just go in and not just basketball wise, but, uh, you know, just helping out communities and, and just trying to help do my part and help, uh, re rebuild the, you know, the Nigerian infrastructure um but not even getting to like the politics and stuff but just yeah like the communities and trying to help things get stable uh for for people out there yeah 100 percent. and it's funny that you say that because every person that i ask this question to they all have the desire to do this right they all have the desire yeah. to go back to nigeria and do something but sometimes as you said it's a very complex thing right yeah. so a lot of people want to help but sometimes they don't know how and so you know that's something that's one thing that we really care about and not so like how do we give individuals like you you know the the know-how of how to do that right so that's one reason why we exist right is to give people you know a way to give back to communities right yeah. maybe all you have to do is uh you know purchase a shirt right but what we're, what we're interested in though is you know because there's so many people that are like-minded how about we get like for example do you think this interest is also common among your your teammates um for the nigerian basketball team as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. Right. So my thing is like, okay, so how about this? Something like, like when we go back to Nigeria to build, to build our next school, for example, like you guys who are already, you know, seen as idols in these, in these sort of communities mm -hmm. going back. And I'm not talking about when I say like investing in these communities, I don't only mean by, you know, trying to get uh, returns, going, financial. Yeah, 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 financial resources. Quite frankly, I'm actually talking more about the emotional investment, right? Yeah. Going there and telling these young kids, Hey, listen, whatever you guys want to do, you could be able to do it, right? What if you guys want to do this? You can do this. You can do this. Listen, like I play in the biggest league in the world. I didn't have anything when I started off. I was just like you, right? That's transforming people's minds. And at times, that's even more powerful than the financial, just giving money financially. Yeah. So, do you think? So, you think that a lot of people would be interested in doing things along the lines of that? Yeah, I definitely think so. I definitely think so because we we talk about a lot just just wanting to, like I said, just not knowing where to start sometimes, but but mm -hmm. just having that desire to go back and try to help people. Um, I mean, it, it would seem easier to use basketball to do that, but with that, mm -hmm. you're just you're only reaching so you're only reaching a, a certain you know with mm -hmm. a certain distance, I guess, or whatever of trying of, of people that you can help. But mm -hmm. in terms of wanting to just help people outside of using basketball, but helping outside of that basketball community, that that's also that's going to take like more effort and more time, obviously. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. I love that you say that though, because I do think though that it's, there's a lot of value in that too, right? Because obviously you are a professional basketball player. And I think that's probably the one thing that you can get back the most in, right? Mm -hmm. I know the NBA is doing a lot in trying to push Africa, basketball in Africa, right? Yeah. So like, how do you like serve yourself as a, as a role model for kids who are, hey, like I want to be, I want to be in the NBA one day, like, but there's not a lot of basketball in Nigeria. How do you sort of be that example um, in that as well? Um, well I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for that. Because I, you know, I interviewed a, uh, a um a music artist too uh fat tony is a nigerian artist out of houston mm -hmm. and he said yeah i'd love to go back and teach kids about music and teach them in the host a concert and do things along the lines yeah. of that so i think that would be very valuable for like you and maybe some other players in the nigerian national team to to um actually have that uh to have that happen i think that'd be very valuable yeah um, that, would, that would be cool
Yeah, so another question I did have, and for a lot of people that are viewing now, um, I had a question for you. So what advice would you give to somebody who's trying to pursue their dream, right? Because there are thousands of kids across the United States, across the hundreds of thousands across the world who dream of playing in the NBA, who dream of, you know, achieving their dreams, whatever it is. Like, what yeah. advice would you give them? I mean, what for me, what worked was just always just having the end goal in the back of my mind. So mm -hmm. I know no matter no matter what what I did or decision that I my, I made, like my end goal was always to get to where I'm at right now, and and then just build from there. So I mean, my advice would just be to just everything that you're if you're really passionate about it, if you're if you're your end goal, like your end goal, should always be in in, in mind every decision that you make every action that you take like you should you should know that some somehow some way it's going to affect you know what you want at the end mm -hmm. so for me it was always anything i did was always just i had this i had this goal in the back of my mind mm -hmm. and I, oftentimes like people always looked at me as like a square or whatever oh you're not going out you're not doing this you're not doing that and maybe mm -hmm. that didn't maybe that wouldn't have affected the outcome but to me, the way I looked at it was just, I was always just focused on, you know, getting where I had to go, no matter what, what, what was going on. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so you say that. And so I just want to contextualize it for people, because I think a lot of people will look at somebody like you and be like, oh, you know, he worked really hard. Um, he worked really hard and then that's where he is where he is. But I think people also need to understand that the journey to, to the NBA or the journey to your goal is never, it's not a linear one, right? It's not always going to be easy. So were there times where you thought, wow, like, not that, you, not that you wanted to give up, but like, wow, like, can I really do this? Were there times that you doubted yourself and things like that? Like, were those? <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, that's, that's going to come with, with, with uh, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Like, I've, I've had times where I'm running up the court and I'm like, man, do I? like, this is like, in, this is like in practice, like, when I, after I got drafted and everything, I'm like, mm -hmm. do I really want to do this? Like, this is, these motherfuckers, like, people out here are really good. Like, yeah, this is, like, top-tier stuff. And I'm just like, uh, but then I get, you know, I get get back home or whatever, and I get to myself, and I'm like, man, like, you can, like, I know you, I know I can do this. Like, I've mm -hmm. always been somebody that just kind of, like, adapts to what's going on around me and just, and uh, just powers through it. So, uh, yeah, I've always, I've always, there's, there, it's, it's good. Like, struggling is gonna, is gonna come with, with, uh, with the, with the territory and, and whatever you're trying to do if you're trying to be successful at something. Mm -hmm. So, what advice would you give? What's the what that you would say that if somebody's going to, if somebody's pursuing their dream and they get into one of those positions where you know they feel like I can't do this, I can't make this. Like, what kind of helped drive you through that? Like, you're running up the court, you're drafted, you supposedly made it and even in yeah. in your success you're still thinking to yourself wow like like can i even do this like what yeah. what motivated you what pushed you to that next level to say you know what i can do this like and then to further excel to keep growing I, i've always just told myself to just push through because like i said like the end goal is always in mind like obviously so getting here was the end goal at one point but now the end goal is, is something else now that i'm mm -hmm. here so i'm just i'm just trying to just keep just keep on achieving new goals and setting new goals and just pushing through, uh, you know, the tough times and things like that when, when, when they do, when they do uh, arise. 100%, 100%, that's great. Um, that's amazing. So my last question for you is this, um, when you, when your career is finished, right, 
what legacy do you want to leave behind? Like, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Like, when somebody says Chimezi Metu, what what do you want them to think? What do you want them to say? Um, I really want I, I really want them to just look at me as somebody, obviously a great basketball player and whatnot, but somebody who who had a hand in the community and also helping not just, you know, out in L.A. or anywhere, but just also help the the kind of upbringing of, of basketball in Nigeria and mm-hmm. kind of like a community activist in Nigeria and help helping to rebuild uh, the, the communities and help helping kids back there um, achieve their dreams, whether it's a basketball player, soccer player, whatever, just giving them an opportunity to uh, live out their dreams like I did. That's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's, a, that's definitely a great legacy to to want to leave behind. And listen, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And also, yeah. uh, you know, I'm excited to see you in that Naso shirt once the uh, once yeah. the season pops yeah. back up, bro. Yeah, man, it's fire. I just I just haven't had anywhere to because I, I got I it during quarantine. I haven't had anywhere to wear it to yet, so I'll definitely I'm definitely gonna put it on. Though. That concludes this episode of the Native Podcast. We hope you were inspired and learned a lot from our conversation with Chimezi. To learn more about the Native Podcast, follow Naso on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Shop Naso. We'll see you next time.